For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. All this week, we will be talking to Paul Brown. Paul, welcome. Hi, John. Nice to speak to you. Um, Paul is the Director of Youth Ministries at uh, Knock Presbyterian Church in Belfast, Ireland. Um, and Paul, you're actually the first uh, to be joining the podcast uh, outside the United States, uh, so it's good to have you on and be able to broaden our, our um, reach a little bit and uh, get somebody from a different context on. Um, so, so Paul, why, why don't you? Why don't we just start there? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and then the, the, your church over in in Ireland? How long you've been there and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, my name is Paul Brown. I'm married to uh, Pauline Brown. Um, that keeps it nice and simple. That my <laughs> wife's name is fairly similar to mine. Um, we have two children. Um, we. Um, my daughter is uh, 16 years old and my son is 14 years old. Um, they have grown up in the one church and that's uh, our church, not Presbyterian. Um, we're in the leafy suburbs of East Belfast. Um, we're a suburban congregation, mostly middle class, um, uh, about, 100 and set, about 150 years of uh, the church going. And it started off as a Sunday school. It started off as a, an outreach to children in the area and then grew from that to be a congregation that's had long established as being a congregation that values children and young people and, and the importance of passing on faith to the next generation. So um, it's a reasonable sized church and um, we have a good amount of volunteers. I work as part of a staff team. Um, we've a number of staff who are responsible for different areas and we all sharing the one gospel ministry, trying to um, help young people and adults uh, engage with the gospel. Hmm. That's awesome. And that's definitely the, the heartbeat of RYM is passing the faith on to the next generation. So that's exciting to hear that about you guys and your, your passion for, for children and uh, students. Um, and you've been there, is it 2001? Is that what uh, you Yes, yeah, so 17 years hmm. Um and four years prior to that, I worked for the Episcopalians. Um, I was originally um, what's called the Church of Ireland and um, as part of the Anglican denomination. So I worked there for four years. So I've been in full-time youth ministry for 21 years. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and I look forward to, to talking to you a little bit and getting some some good counsel and, and wisdom from you on your years of, of student ministry. And so uh, for those who, who tune in regularly to uh, the local youth worker, you know this second season we're doing Frequently Asked Questions. Um, and so I reached out to Paul. Paul and I actually, as we said, Paul is from Ireland, I'm from Mississippi, and we met each other in Pennsylvania um, with Walt Mueller, who uh, many people know Walt Mueller, and he was actually just on the podcast last week, uh, but we were both over, and I guess, Paul, you, you had some vacation when you were over in Pennsylvania, is that correct? Um, it was a sabbatical for ministry to kind of uh, take some time out, recharge, and meet up with some 
uh, youth ministry professionals visit some churches. So yeah, that was, uh, and I enjoyed meeting Walt and yourself kind of thing. So it was, uh, yes, it probably was, it seems like a vacation. It wasn't any work, but it was, uh, it was uh, a real blessing, actually, a real uh, important part for my own ministry. Yeah, and so, but yeah, Paul and I got to share a meal together with Walt and Lisa Mueller, and that's where we met, and so um, I thought it'd be great to reach out and uh, just hear again about, about your context, Paul, and uh, some of the questions that you're dealing with uh, with students. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and get to the first question, and um, Paul and I have been emailing back and forth uh, the questions that, that he's dealing with. And, and the first question that you listed as kind of the most frequently asked question um, is what does the Bible say about homosexuality or being transgender? Um, and that's definitely a question that we're wrestling with over here and um, a, a very sensitive subject for sure. Um, so, Paul, as you get this question from students, uh, what does the Bible say about homosexuality or being tra- transgender? How do, you, how do you go about uh, engaging students and, and answering that question? I think often um, you kind of have to start to understand where they're coming from and, and why they're asking that question. Is it particularly a question because there's a friend or there's an issue? And, and, so, and sometimes, I think like all questions, you have to try to understand where the person is coming from. Um, so that, that may not necessarily change what you say, but it helps you to understand... Um, maybe the pressures or the permutations that they're facing. So often when we kind of do that, we try to outline, um, you know, we move right back to Genesis and we kind of point to Genesis 1 and 2 to talk about how God created a perfect world and in that perfect world he created male and female. And you begin that dialogue and conversation, but then that assumes that all young people understand that or familiar with that. So I think often part of the challenge for us is is how do we help young people see that God has a plan, not just for their lives, but for all of humanity. And and that plan that, as he started out, went back to Genesis 1 and 2. And so when we read Genesis 1 and 2, we see that God, you know, he ordered things in a certain way. And and, that was the original design. And so we try to help young people then to think through, well, do we believe the Bible? Do we believe God loves us, cares for us, created a perfect world for us to live in? And then how do we um, how do we navigate through that? And how do we think through implications for what that means for a, a very changing society? Um, and so the first couple of you know, weeks just getting back into youth work and our youth ministry and getting back into youth group, you know, we're faced with questions from some young people just coming back after the summer holidays, back into a school term, um, last year there were a number of different things that happened in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, and it just it you know raised you know raised the question of homosexuality and to an extent transgenderism, and because of that, and it featured a lot in the press. Then young people are want to know what our viewpoint on it is, or what the Bible has to say about that. So it's not a it's not a quick fix answer is the first thing is that yes. you can't. Just, give a quick sound bite and say, well, the Bible says don't do it, that's enough, because they're not really willing to accept that. So you really have to, as part of that relational ministry, understand where they're coming from and then point them to Scripture and say that this is this is the God who loves us, who created us, this is the God who sent his son to die for us um, in this brokenness and fallen world that we live in and, and point them to the kind of, you know, back to Scripture to kind of, 
here's 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 God's story of God's people and God's redemption and rescue of of His people, um, and that we live in a fallen world, and so part of that is to try to help them to wrestle through some practical questions that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so much good stuff. Uh, what you just said there, Paul. I mean, several things. One, one um, I mean, taking them to the gospel, saying, okay you know, Genesis one and two, as you point them to this, this is, this is the God who created all things, but then also showing them the character of God and showing them the character of God and uh, his son, Jesus Christ, and how loving and gracious and merciful God is. So, so you know, showing them the character of God and uh, then also, as you said, trying to figure out where are they coming from? Um, why are they asking this question? Um, and so that, that would be kind of be a follow-up. As a student comes to you and they ask you this question and you start entering in with them, um, where have you found kind of the origin or the sources of this question? I mean, you might have mentioned it by kind of what's going on in y'all's culture, the broader culture over in Ireland. But, but typically when you follow up and say, okay, uh, why are you asking this question? What, what kind of answers do you get? I think, I think often... Um, I, I was sitting down watching a movie called Love, Simon with my daughter um, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember at one point in, in, in watching the movie, obviously the movie is about a young guy who is coming to terms with his own sexuality and trying to explore what that means for him. So we're watching the movie and um, at one point my daughter just said, uh, you know, this is normal. And again, we kind of paused the movie at that moment and we had a conversation about that, that in terms of the world we now live in is, is very much changed. And so what was not seen as maybe normal a, a number of years ago is now seen very much as commonplace. Um, and so as culture has changed, it, it seems that young people, begin, young people and to an extent a wider degree of adults are kind of seeing that... Um, that we're faced with um, a changing backdrop of of an Irish culture, which was Christian, which had Christian traditions, with principles that were based on the Bible. And young people are trying to sort of think through, well, I'm watching this, I'm watching this movie and I, I don't want to be the person who says that this person can't find love. Um, and often that's where it comes from. It comes from a place of we care and we want to love we love God and we want to love other people. And as part of loving other people, we want them to experience love. And often we elevate romance relationships to such a high level that it seems cruel in some ways to stop them. So often it's we've reorientated culture to make this a norm and to say that this is normal. So our teenagers don't think that there's anything strange or, or difficult with it. And we're any complexity and even for Christians. And what makes it, I find particularly hard is that there's not always a consistent Christian message. Mm-hmm. And so there are other other churches, other Christians who will say, well, actually, we've read the same Bible and we think that it's okay. And I think that's part of the changing landscape of, of, of Christianity within Ireland and that you can have polar opposites. And so it's trying to get it's trying to help young people to navigate the text for themselves and actually be able to understand when people kind of say, well, it says in Leviticus as well that you shouldn't eat prawns or you shouldn't have, you know, you know, medium rare steaks and, you know, you shouldn't have two woven garments together. So if that doesn't apply, then why does this apply? And so often what we've tried to do is help young people to see that 
there's one big story in the Bible, and that's about God and his people, and he creates laws for those people. And in the Old Testament, there were uh, there are different types of laws, and those laws serve for different purposes. And so you have ceremonial laws, which are all and, and helping young people see that there are lots of things within Leviticus are helping uh, the nation to how do they become holy, how do they become pure, how do they how can they worship this holy God? Um, and then there are civil laws which are purely down to the nation of Israel, um, and and how they conduct themselves how they 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 do business how they um how they lead and then there are moral laws and it's the moral laws were actually they're continuous so when we kind of point forward to christ and say that christ didn't come to abolish the law but came to fulfill the law then we see that actually the moral law continues the ceremonial law and the civil law, the, the civil law still continues because obviously we still live in nations and have to abide the, the will of those nations. Um, and then the ceremonial law becomes, you know, irrelevant in some ways because actually Jesus is our great high priest. The, he atones for our, you know, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so it's trying to help young people understand the whole the whole scope of scripture rather than just kind of pit, you know, often young people kind of read one verse out of context mm-hmm. and then kind of make a whole philosophy based around it. And I think that's, that's probably been part of the problem is that you're not working with, you're not working with people who have a full understanding of all of scripture. So I think that's part of our challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're wise to, like you say, point to kind of the, the larger story um, of, of scripture um, for sure. Cause it, there's so many complexities to this issue. I mean, both homosexuality and the transgender uh, movement, um, there's many nuances and distinctions. And as you said, you know, even within the church, uh, those who don't understand, um, and then you, you know, add in not only all the issues and nuances of the, uh, of the, the topic we're, we're discussing, but then you have revisionist scholars coming along saying, here's the same text we're going by and we're interpreting it in a different way. And so that just adds another level of confusion um, for students. I think pointing to that larger um, story is helpful. And, and as you're saying that and, and pointing you know, to Leviticus, I'm thinking of uh, Kevin DeYoung's book, What Does the Bible Really Say About Homosexuality? Um, which I, I thought was a very helpful book. You know, he looks at every... Um, section of scripture that discusses homosexuality and talks about it in context and explains it. And then also the the second section of the book, he deals with um, frequently asked questions about uh, homosexuality. So that's just a helpful resource I wanted to mention. Um, Paul, we're about to close this one out. Is there any, any last things you want to say about this before we uh, finish this topic? I suppose similar to yourself, there are, there are two things that I would kind of point to. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff uh, that's been created by a Reverend uh, Sam Albury, who's been used by the Gospel Coalition, who has spoke widely within the UK context and Ireland, and helping churches navigate and think about how do we, uh, how do we continue to have a conversation, and how do we, you know, continue to be welcoming and inclusive places. So he has got lots of stuff online. Um, the, another organisation is uh, LivingOut.org, and again, it's an organisation that helps helps Christians to think theologically and, and, and how 
And it also speaks from a place of people who struggle with same-sex attraction and are trying to work through um, those issues, but also hold to the scripture's understanding of, of homosexuality and this, you know, this world that we now live in. So just those organizations or um, those people are worth reading more about. Mm. Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned Sam Alberry. Um, yeah, definitely produced a lot of good resources, helpful to think through this because this is an issue. It's not going away anytime soon. And, um, you know, I even want to be cautious when I say this issue because I think Vaughn Roberts, um, he wrote a book on transgenderism called Talking Points. And he said, let's remember these aren't issues. These are people. These are image bearers of God as we uh, discuss these things. And so as Christians, uh, we want to be loving, we want to be gracious, we want to be kind, but we also want to, to cling to the truth of Scripture um, and not compromise on that. Um, so, Paul, uh, a lot of helpful uh, thoughts there, a lot of good discussion, and um, obviously just those listening. This is something we need to, as we're pointing to resources, this is something we've got to continue to educate ourselves on and pray about and, and help students uh, think through uh, because they're definitely being uh, fed um, a message by the culture, and we've got to uh, make sure they're aligning that with the scripture. So we've got to walk them through this. Um, Paul, thanks again. 